This is the Microsoft Cloud Show, episode 312. Today, AC and I talk about Inspire tidbits and some big cloud wins from Microsoft. Recorded live July 22nd, 2019. Struggling to reproduce problems in your code base? Successful software starts with Raygun. Raygun provides application performance monitoring, unlike anything you've experienced before, offering greater clarity around how your software is performing for your customers than any other APM provider. Easily detect and diagnose issues impacting end users and monitor every part of your stack in one place. It's time to get back to building great software instead of fighting it. Start your journey to better software quality. Try Raygun free at raygun.com today. Hey, see, you're looking a little relaxed there, buddy. Where are you? Mm, not too relaxed. I wish I was. <laughs> I am, uh, I'm on day one of a vacation where I haven't been able to vacation yet. So I've been working all day. I'll be working for the rest of the day, it looks like. So I'm trying to get some, you know, and like, well, everyone's done this. When you think you're about to go away on vacation, you got a whole big project that's going on and everything's kind of moving along. But then unfortunately on Friday, everything kind of hit. And in order to keep things rolling, I have to kind of do my part and then pass it off and let it keep going. The beauty of business ownership, my friend. Yeah, so that's me. So it's you, you and you. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) So it's, I've been trying to land some stuff and I didn't think it was all going to happen this week, but of course I got a whole bunch of information on Friday. And so I was frantically on Thursday and Friday of last week, we're recording on Monday, which we normally don't do. This is actually, I think this show comes out tomorrow, right? Yes, it does. Well, for those of you who are listening to this, it comes out today. We recorded this yesterday, which for CJ and I is today and you're listening to it tomorrow. (laughs) Confused? (laughs) <laughs> yeah so in, in in new zealand and australia it's the day after tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I'm, I'm trying to get stuff done today so that i can keep the ball rolling and hopefully I get to enjoy some vacation stuff tomorrow but yeah it's been um i'm sitting here and i have not been to the beach yet although i look like i've been on the beach i've not been on the beach yet so thankfully we're this is a audio podcast and not a video podcast for our, our listeners today yeah, gotcha. Fair enough. Oh, or at least an, a, an olfactory podcast because I've been outside sweating, so I'm not exactly... Uh... Anyway, what are you up to, man? How are you been? <laughs> Speaking of sweating, I've been in Vegas. Last week was the Inspire Conference, which I didn't go to, but <laughs> for Inspire, weirdly. And I was actually, I didn't actually go to the conference. I was down there for meetings for work and with partners and stuff, but I didn't actually set foot on the show floor at all. I didn't even have a pass to go to the conference, which was a first for me. So it was kind of a weird event. That thing, that said though, OMG Vegas was hot. Holy smoke. It was 115 degrees. Holy moly. 46 degrees in logical units. But it was a dry heat. But it was a dry heat apparently. (laughs) Apparently, it didn't feel like it. Talked to my armpits, bro. It certainly didn't feel dry. Um, and, and then the news were like, but don't worry. Feels like 120. Like, <laughs> well, it was awful. It was just obscenely hot. I could, like, I've been in 120 before in the desert a few years ago, and I remember it being hot, but it was just oppressively hot. Yeah, hard to breathe, kind of hot. Oh man, it was just, I don't know how people live in that heat. But anyway, Vegas was good. Other than that, lots of great meetings and stuff came back. 
and obviously we came back to the Apollo 11th anniversary this weekend. Yeah. Apollo 11 50th anniversary, not Apollo 11th anniversary. Yeah, the Apollo 11 50th anniversary, which was, I don't know if you were following along with a bunch of things going on, but it was pretty cool. There was a lot, a lot happening, a lot of special events and things happening. I retweeted on my personal Twitter account, retweeted a bunch of tweets from NASA about they got a lot of the original, like Gene Krantz, the flight director for Apollo 11, and a bunch of the mission control specialists and, and mission specialists and things in the restored Mission Control Center in, in Houston and um, took some photos and things with, with these guys that remained from, from that time. And so there was a lot of cool things going on. But I sat down in real time. I know you were busy at, at swim with your kids and things, but I sat down with my kids, sat them in front of the computer, and we, we watched or listened, I should say, listened and watched. We watched the original CBS broadcast mm-hmm. of the landing in real time. And we, we listened to the broadcast in real time, Apollo 11 in real time.org or something. Oh, Apollo real time. I put the link in the show notes <laughs> in real time. We watched and listened to that. And it was just, it was really fun. It felt like I missed out. I was born too late to watch it happen live. Yeah. I'm not upset about that, but I feel like I've missed out on something. So uh, this was a bit of a catch up. I got you sent me the links. You're, so yeah, I was at, my one of my kids was able to swim at the one of the state championship meets in Florida um, this past weekend. So I've been in, I was in Orlando Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right. and um, I was going to say something about oppressive heat, but you said one fifteen, and I, you kind of trumped me before I even pulled my card out. So I, I'll, I'll keep the card in the bag. But the yeah, you were texting me, and I t- you celebrated, or you maybe not celebrated, you uh, what do you call it? Like you recognized the day. In a really cool way. Uh, a couple of years ago, you and I backed, God, what is it, like two years ago, three years ago, you and I backed a Kickstarter where there was a program to take the Apollo 11 mission, the flight plan, yeah. and they did a reproduction of it. You and I each got one. And you sent me that picture of your screen, your desktop, your, yeah, your desktop screen at home mm-hmm. and your flight plan sitting out and your Lego lunar lander <laughs> out next to you. But you had the flight plan out. And I just, I looked at Meredith and I was like, She's like, what is that? And I'm like, this is such a great idea. And I, I can't wait to get home to do the same thing. I listened to the, the, re, the podcast recently about from the 13 minutes to the moon. And they did that. They recently did an episode where it is in its entirety. The, I just got to chill thinking about it. The radio broadcast from the start of when they separated the LEM and the command module. And from the time that it, it was down when it was like, you know, the Eagle has landed. Yep. And it's the first time that I had ever heard. I listened to it on the, on the drive on the way down to Orlando. It's the first time I'd ever heard the entire thing straight through the episode right before that they would, they played it, but they cut into a lot of interruption and explaining stuff, which was really good to listen to that first. And then you'll listen to the whole thing. So you have context. That was so cool to hit, listen to that in, in, in its entirety. And I, it was, that was one realization I had. The second realization is how in the world have I never listened to this thing in its entirety? <laughs> Yeah, gotcha. It's only 13 minutes for the final descent, right? And it's definitely worth listening to because as computer geeks, you end up coming away from it and starting to research about the Apollo guidance computer and what a 1202 alarm is and what a 1201 is and all this sort of stuff and what was going on in the computer and things. So it's pretty close to our industry as well as just being super cool. But my kids were riveted. They sat around and we listened to the entire 13 minutes, right? So basically the final descent. And I was like, will this last? You know, there's not a lot of exciting stuff to look at, right? And it's like Walter Cronkite 
on YouTube on one half of the screen. And then there's the Apollo audio and, and transcript and stuff on the other half. And then there's the flight plan. And I thought, will they be interested in this? But they were riveted. They loved That's it. That's cool. Yeah. It was kind That's of cool. Hey. My wife, my wife, Vicky thought it was completely bonkers. Other than like, huh, yes, you're a nerd. You love the space stuff. Cool. Go do what you need to do. Hmm. <laughs> then can we go out to lunch? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, you know what it's like? And it, it was, it was really cool to see all the stuff that was done around the United States to, to recognize it, to recognize the event. Like I love stuff that you like, you see it and you're like, Oh my God, that was such a great idea. Like what they did with the Washington monument. And they made the Washington monument look like the moon rocket with the lights coming up on the side and everything. And it looked, that looks so cool. It's amazing. Some great tributes all from around the world as well. Like this, it was just a lot, a lot going on, but I have a pick related to this later on as well. Yeah, we're not, we're no spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers. Yeah. yeah. We'll get into that in a minute. But cool. Hey, so last week was Inspire. Do you want to do some news related to Inspire? Let's do it. A 99.9% SLA means you're protected from power outages, bad patches, natural disasters, and maybe even a dinosaur attack. Does it protect you from yourself though? Avpoint Backup for SharePoint Online provides full fidelity backup and recovery from individual items to entire sites. Avpoint can run backups up to four times a day to ensure your data is secure. Recover any time you want without having to pick up the phone and schedule restore windows. Learn why Avpoint is the Microsoft Cloud expert at www.avpoint.com. Okay. So we've got a mixture of actual, we've got a mixture of cloud news and, and stuff from, from Inspire as well. Shall I kick things off? Kick us. So Microsoft and Elon Musk are getting into bed more deeply with his open AI project. And Microsoft is committing to $1 billion investment in open AI to develop AI technologies on Azure. No way. Yeah. This relationship has been in the works for a while because I remember when I was working there, there was a build event where it was announced that OpenAI would be doing AI work on Azure. And Elon was actually supposed to come and keynote that build event, but for a bunch of reasons, couldn't make it. So this was OpenAI as a, as a firm that was co-founded by Elon Musk, Greg Brockman, who's their CTO and chief scientist. Oh my gosh. I don't even know how to pronounce this person's name. Alia Sutskever, something along those lines. My apologies if I completely paused that up. <laughs> so yeah, but Microsoft's making a nice, big, juicy investment in that. I suspect a lot of it is Azure credits. Looking <laughs> 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 and seeing you got half a billion dollars or something in Azure credits, you'd be like, whoop, whoop, here we come. Set <laughs> that AI, we find aliens. Yes, we <laughs> That'd be really fun. Yeah, that's cool. So that's cool. Uh, yeah, that's underway, and um, it'll be interesting to see what comes of that. I suspect it'll be the slow burn of projects, but um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, it's cool to see that it's being done on on Azure, and that Microsoft's getting behind it. And uh, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see what they end up doing, what they do with this investment over the coming years. Yeah. Yeah, I just hope they're open to that and they can share. They share a lot of details about the projects. I know it's open AI, but it'd be really cool to see how, you know, the thought process behind some of the projects and the kinds of things that they plan to do and maybe sharing the learnings and stuff like that as they're doing it. Not just, Hey, we got to wait for two years until it's a, uh, we see the results. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. In other Microsoft news, they've been a little bit naughty too. 
Microsoft? Yes, they're being fine. <laughs> Don't sound so surprised. Well, I'm about to say, have you already listened to my interview that I'm going to share later on? <laughs> oh, really? oh, we've got more <laughs> coming. Gotcha. <laughs> yes, no, they've been slapped with a $26 million fine from the SEC for violating the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. Ooh, that doesn't yeah. sound good. Well, so in some countries around the world, it's perfectly normal for bribes to take place as part of deal-making. And it turns out... <laughs> Some Hungarian employees of Microsoft were doing this uh, and inflating margins on software sales to fund an improper payment scheme. So, yes, this is highly illegal under Security and Exchange Commission in the U.S., and so um, they're settling. They didn't admit any wrongdoing, apparently, but you don't settle unless there's a case, right? Well, yeah, or at least, yes. Uh, Yes, it's true. Ah, naughty, naughty. So apparently, and I'm quoting from the article here, between 2013 and 15, senior employees from Microsoft Hungary Operations were was, was selling software to local resellers at a discount, and those partners in turn sold the products to the Hungarian government at closer to full prices. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's uh, fun stuff. Yeah, it's all dodgy discounting and all sorts of stuff. Uh, well, I mean... They're paying the piper, so they got in trouble, and now they're paying. They're they're paying for it. So yeah. that's what's supposed to happen. Tut tut tut. In unrelated news, but still Microsoft related news, Microsoft last week said that Microsoft Teams is now bigger than Slack and growing even faster. So they say that Slack has around 10 million daily active users, and when you compare it to Teams. Teams now has over 13 million people use Microsoft Teams for chat, meetings, and document collaboration every single day. There's an interesting chart here. It kind of shows the growth of Teams. looks much more like a hockey stick than the 45-degree growth um, that Slack has had. I guess my two cents on it, I mean, it's not... It's not too surprising to me that this is the case because, I mean, Slack was growing organically, whereas Teams just kind of said, hey, we've already got these existing Office 365 users. And it really just made sense to you. It makes sense to use Teams if you're already in Office 365. External sharing is a lot better than it used to be. I know I was pretty vocal at the be- at when Teams first came out. And for quite a few months, I wasn't a huge fan of it. I now use it on a daily basis. I really do like it. I really wish that the organization switching stuff was better. It still is a royal pain, especially when you jump between three orgs on a constant basis like I do. But I mean, it's a good product and it's getting better and they're doing a good job with it. So I love that we've got a metric from Slack and a metric from Microsoft that match. Mm -hmm. So now we compare their, hold on, no, that's the wrong part of the anatomy to compare. <laughs> Careful, <laughs> CJ. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we can throw a few bad words in there, but let's, let's keep it at least clean. Who's got the bigger user base? Yes. It'll be interesting. Now they've drawn a line in the sand. They've given out this number. People will want updates on that number. So mm-hmm. basically now it's just a sprint to the finish. You know what I mean? Like now it's a sprint. Yeah. And we know who's in front mm-hmm. from a user metric point of view. I have no qualms in taking a bet from anybody who's listening that teams will win this war, like in the enterprise. Okay. You qualified it. Yeah. Oh, enterprise for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Outside of that, all bets are off. I think Slack more likely Hoover up users, but in the enterprise, Microsoft's got this one already. I think now it's just a better time, but I hope they don't 
I hope they don't ease up on the throttle in terms of making it a better product. Yeah, I don't either. I hope that I hope they I hope they continue to innovate. There's still a lot of stuff that was that has been promised that hasn't been delivered yet, and um, yeah. that's not a complaint. That's just it's still a lot of stuff that they still have to work on that they're that they're building. So. Slack's countershot across the bow this morning was announcing that their client now uses 30% less RAM. That's... <laughs> I find that so awesome because it is actually really hungry for RAM. It's, it's an electronic hmm. gobble. Well, so, is, so is Teams. So is teams. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of interesting counter news. I don't think it's a countershot across the bow. It's just funny that that came out on the Monday right after Microsoft yeah. announced this, uh, this pissing match was underway. And it, it's news that they wanted to, they wanted to get in the news and it's a way it's, a, it's news that they could announce to take some eyeball share back, which I mean, that's fine. I, I still use both of them. I still very much like both of them. One of them is still real. Slack is still really good. If you're not on office 365 teams is not very useful. I mean that just cards on the table. It's not very useful. If you're on office 365 teams makes more sense than Slack done. That's yeah. the part that you said about making the bet you know, say that Teams is going to win this battle in the enterprise. Well, Office 365 wins the battle in the enterprise too. So it's kind of like, well, Teams is going to the same way that Office is going to win that battle and Outlook is going to win that battle. But the problem is if Microsoft gets complacent, then we'll end up with a crappy app, right? So I hope that doesn't happen. No. Yeah. Got anything else for us before we move on to the Inspire news? Yes. You want to cover this AT&T one? I'll talk about the Facebook. Ooh. Microsoft and AT&T announced last week that they reached a deal where AT&T was going to leverage Microsoft Azure, but not just leverage it, to the tune of more than $2 billion. <sighs> Mic drop. It's a major win for Microsoft, which will become AT&T's preferred cloud vendor and is fighting to gain market share from Amazon.com's AWS, the biggest provider of public cloud services. Cloud service customers run their applications, software applications and data centers managed by the cloud provider. That's a big, this is a really big win. I mean, clearly a B with a B in the dollar amount is a huge win, but to see a, a huge corporate, a huge company like AT&T choose Azure over AWS, that's a big win. This is a this is a blue chip company. This is not a you know tech startup kind of big company that's growing and stuff. It's not to diminish those, but this is a blue chip that chose Azure over AWS. That's a big deal for Microsoft. I love seeing wins like this because Google with under Diane Green, she's left now, but under her, they announced some really decent wins for Google Cloud. And that mm. gives confidence to people. It's not so much the win itself, it's that it's you know, the money's good and all that, especially for Azure. But it's the confidence building that other companies will have because they'll use it as a case study or as a piece of evidence that they're doing the right thing. So awesome win for Microsoft. Well done. Yeah. How can we trust Azure over AWS? Well, AT&T uses them. Well, okay. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, in a big way. All right. So final bit of news before we move on. Facebook is, for the first time, raising its prices for Workplace, which is sort of Facebook's Teams slash 365 collab competitor product, I suppose. Kind of ishy. Kind of ishy. It's kind yeah. of like a better Yammer, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Isn't it called something different than not be Yammer? Then this could be better. Sorry. Yeah. That, yeah. that might have been out loud. I thought it was on mute. It's not butter butter. Yeah. <laughs> Three years into its life, apparently. They have 2 million paying users signed up. It's not bad. Workplace. Mm-hmm. They are jacking the prices up. So there is now a $3 
enhanced premium edition, mm. flat three bucks per user per month. So yeah, maybe they are coming under a little bit of pressure to start spending less money on it or being in the negative, I suppose. Mm. I don't know. We will see. But uh, yes, in September. Very cool. Yeah. So uh, Facebook trying desperately to compete. I've heard internally at Microsoft that Facebook is a real concern to them. Oh, really? Yeah. That Facebook work- Workplace. There's three things they currently care about in the Office 365 team. Facebook Workplace, Slack, and Zoom. Those are the three big, they see as three big threats. That's interesting because they're all like teams related stuff. Yeah, but they're also sort of, I want to say point solutions, but maybe best in breed perhaps, or they're very focused. Maybe that's mm-hmm. the way to put it, right? Zoom is really focused on meeting, the meet, end-to-end meeting experience. Yeah. And Facebook for the collab piece and Slack for like the, the IM chat and small group collab stuff. Anyway. Yeah. So, uh, yes, I've heard Microsoft, uh, those are the three they care about on a daily basis. Dropbox doesn't seem to be on the radar anymore for them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one try that, but yeah. 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 Well, cool. Uh, Yes. Why don't we hear from one of our great sponsors before we move on? Are you being asked repeatedly to integrate different business systems in ever narrower timeframes and with increasing process complexity? What if you could standardize the way you build these business processes so your team are focusing on higher value tasks versus the nuts and bolts of running the processes and integrations? Nintex can make it happen. With a Nintex platform, work flows from person to person, system to system, to the cloud and back. Got a custom system you want to connect with? No-code extensions let you plug into systems simply and easily using REST and Swagger. With Nintex, work just flows, so your teams can work smarter, work faster, and be more connected than ever. Try it out free for 30 days at www.nintex.com forward slash try NWC. Okay, CJ, you, (laughs) you spent more time at Inspire last week, or at least being able to pay attention to what was going on at the Inspire conference last week. What can you share with our listeners about anything they'd like to... I have one thing that, I am gonna, that I'm going to call out at the very end, but I thought that you had some stuff that, you could, that we could share with some listeners about what they can look for from Inspire. Sure. Well, so I'm going off news and things that I've seen since Inspire. Okay. I didn't go to Inspire. I watched bits of the keynote and things, but didn't attend. So I'm also going off things that we've heard in the news that have really sort of piqued everybody's interest. Mm. And top of the list seems to be a demonstration, a demo that Julia White did with HoloLens, which apparently has just blown a bunch of people away, which is kind of interesting. So she got on stage and did this demo using HoloLens, combining Azure like AI cognitive services, HoloLens, and this holographic representation of her. So she was speaking, you know, put, she put the HoloLens on and then this virtual version of Julia White appeared in the camera of what everybody, so everybody online and at the keynote could see what she was seeing, but it was this holographic version of her, except it was talking in Japanese. I believe it was Japanese. Oh. And sort of doing this keynote in Japanese. And apparently it was this combination of, she called it mini-me, <laughs> which got a few... <laughs> which got a few chuckles because it wasn't that much smaller than her. <laughs> it was basically the same size. But anyway, she called it mini me. She held it in her hand and then, and then it got bigger. So I guess that was the mini part. But anyway, we'll link off to an article where you can see the video of this thing happening in real time. 
but it's sort of, it's moderately creepy because it's two of the same person on stage and the real Julia is walking around the virtual Julia while the virtual Julia is speaking in Japanese. And um, it was kind of cool. Like it was a really fascinating demo, especially, ah. with, you know, machine translation and voice stuff and all those kinds of things. Pretty sweet. I did see something about this where the translations are really cool. I mean, if being able to have, you know, stick some headphones in and have a conversation with someone who speaks a completely different language than you that you're not familiar with. And maybe they're just being a bit of a delay while you listen to what the translation is of what's being said, but without having to, you know, pull out your phone and type stuff down and say, now translate this and show it to them or something like we do today. That's really slick. That's really slick. Now the interesting part of the demo, a small, but very interesting part of the demo was that it was her speaking Japanese, but it was actually her voice. So they took samples of her actual voice and then used, you know, machine learning. And I'm not exactly sure which bits of how they applied AI in this case to translate something machine translate into Japanese. And then it was spoken, but using her voice. So it sounded like her, it was kind of creepy. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So this hope for me yet, I see, I may speak real American one day. No, you know, it's funny you say that because this weekend, one of the parents of one of the kids on our swim team, she's from Australia and a couple times she would say stuff to me. Yeah, I know. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) She would say stuff to me and I'd be like, I'm like, say that again. And she said it again. I'm like, she goes, if you don't understand something, you really don't have any, any issues with like asking them, asking somebody to repeat what they said. And I'm like, I couldn't understand you. I was going to say it again. She goes, yeah, but most people just try and like fake it. Like, Oh yeah, I understood what you were saying. They're just trying to be polite. I'm like, no, I got a friend that sometimes he, he has a saying every once in a while. I'm like, I have no idea what you just said. He's like, Oh, you, what, what phrases have you learned? What phrases have you learned? I'm like, yeah, I can't repeat those. I'm, I, I want to repeat those too. <laughs> <laughs> she's married to somebody from, she's married to a, a gentleman from Mexico. And he's like, do you know any Spanish? And I'm like, yeah, I know some Spanish. And he goes, what do you know? And I'm like, yeah, I can't repeat those things in front of your wife. And he's like, why? And I said, because all the Spanish I learned was from a bunch of Cubans when I worked in a warehouse. So I was like, <laughs> I, know, I know some, some very important Spanish. Dos de vesa por favor. Yes, no, I can totally. That's cool. You get to very quickly learn the special glazed eye look where mm-hmm. there's a lot of nodding and there's some glazed eyes like, what the hell are you saying? And, yeah. <laughs> it's quite funny. Anyway. She, yeah. Anyway, so it was cool, yeah, but you go. that's a cool demo. That's a really cool keynote. Different demo. Like it was nice yes. to see something that wasn't just about HoloLens, but it was about a couple of things altogether. Well, something that you can use. Yeah, exactly. We've touched on this in the past, I believe, but there was this other piece of news about this thing called Azure Lighthouse, which mm-hmm. is about managing like cross customer management at scale of Azure services and environments and all that sort of stuff. They talked a little bit about that. There's this new program, which is mostly focused on partners called the Azure Migration Program, which mm. is about guidance from Microsoft. You know, it's basically get to Azure faster in disguise. And there's a bunch of step-by-step guidance, yada, 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 how to spend more on Azure faster. Let's just summarize it at that. Okay. There's a new security competency for partners. I'm trying to find a link about this, but so I'll, I'll make sure it goes into the show notes, but um yeah, obviously security is pretty important. They're bringing out a new security competency for partners as well as a new business applications ISV thing, competency, or I'm not sure if it's a partner competency or whatnot. Anyway, there's a blog post on LinkedIn of all places by Steve Guggenheimer, Steve Googs, about how 
This covers power apps, flow, dynamics, all the business application side of Microsoft's goodies. Obviously, this goes to show how important this stuff is to Microsoft. And we'll show you exactly how important it is in a moment when you talk about some other things. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was obviously some other news. But basically, yeah, between the HoloLens demo, the Lighthouse stuff, the migration program, business applications being a very key theme, and Satya talked about that quite a bit in the keynote about citizen developers and all that sort of stuff. Those were some big themes from the Inspire show this year. Very cool. Very cool. Now, before we dive into some really awful stuff, well, not awful. Okay, hold on. Is that bad? Mm, No. Change is hard, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, before we we dive into the next bit of news here, let's have a listen from one of our awesome sponsors that make our show possible. For those of us familiar with ShareGate, we know they've always been about SharePoint and Office 365 migration. But now that we've all moved to the cloud, like me, you're probably thinking about how to scale your Office 365 to a full self-serve environment without worrying about thousands of groups and teams popping up out of nowhere, aka Sprawl. That's why the folks at ShareGate developed ShareGate Apricot. It's a solution that helps us automate our Office 365 group governance by allowing us to collaborate with users to keep everyone accountable for the things they create. Their super simple-to-use in-app experience lets us lighten our load by delegating group management responsibilities to users we trust, a.k.a. no more sprawl. Want to get your hands on ShareGate Apricot? Try it free for 30 days at sharegate.com forward slash cloud show. All right, CJ, I do have a contribution uh, as far as the Inspire News goes this week. Kind (laughs) of. So there was a bunch of news or there was some significant, not a bunch, there was a significant news that came out last week during one session at the Inspire conference. I will try to dig up a link to it and I'll put it in the show notes as well. And it's related to Power Apps and Flow and specifically some licensing changes. And so I am not too detailed, uh, don't have a lot of background and understanding of all the stuff that come, that's related to Power Apps and Flow and, and how the what the how the licensing works and all the capabilities of the different licenses and stuff. So I decided to dispatch one of our trusted former guests on the show and a good friend. We're going to call him our Inspire correspondent, Rob Windsor, decided to uh, to jump in. and, and to <laughs> Is this like how Stephen Colbert got his start? It is. We did. I, I even the whole time that we did the interview, I did have my hand up to my ear, trying to listen in. All right, what are you hearing now? <laughs> so I'm here outside the White House. There are helicopters in the background. <laughs> are they black helicopters? I sat down, or I, I talked to Rob uh, a little bit to get a bit of an understanding on what the changes were. So before we do this, before we go through the, before we, we talk about this, I thought, why don't we go ahead and we play this interview and then I'll come back. We'll chat about it for just a second and uh, then we'll do our picks. So let's have a listen from Rob. All right. This is Andrew here. I am sitting here with Rob Windsor, or I guess virtually we're uh, connecting. Rob, how are you doing today? I am well, thank you. I'm it's a little vegas out, but I'm, I'm, I'm recovering. You were at, it's great to have you again on the show. You were at uh, Inspire last week in Las Vegas. Is that correct? I was in Las Vegas. I didn't actually attend the conference. I did meetings around the conference. Uh, uh, I tried to keep up as much as I could with what was going on, uh, specifically in the, you know, the areas that, that we focus on, um, development stuff, Office 365, SharePoint, and a power platform. 
which yeah. I guess will be a topic we're going to discuss. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you, we, I tried to stay on top of it a bit and I couldn't, I, I had a hard time staying on top of it. And, you know, we talked about syncing up and stuff. I was like, you know, we've talked to you about this stuff in the past. So you're probably, the, you're, you know, this stuff better than I do. And so you got more context around the history and kind of where things are going. So we thought it, it's funny you say that, you know, you were there, you were in Las Vegas. Inspire happened to also be in Las Vegas. You had a bunch of meetings. It almost seemed like so many times that we, like we try to, a lot of times we try and strive to get to a conference and you, know, you pay the registration or try and get to be a speaker. And it's like, really, I just need to go to the same city because that's where everybody is. You need to have a meeting. I'm not going to see the content anyway. So I might as well just, yeah, well, like I think that. we've discussed this before, but the value for me at going to a conference is the networking, right? And depending on what the type of event, you don't necessarily have to be at the event, right? So right. there was a lot of side meetings. I was at side meetings at uh, Park MGM and there was stuff going on in New York, New York and like a, a lot of stuff outside. There was a couple at Mandalay Bay too, but outside of the convention area. So, you know, you didn't really have to be there if the networking piece was the piece that you were really, really interested in. Yeah, that's true. So the one thing I wanted to talk to you about, and then I wanted to, I wanted to convey to our listeners is that we've had a, you know, there's been, I've talked to you in the past about power apps and flow mm -hmm. and kind of in the context around from developers, but just also in general. And I know you've done some sessions at conferences about it. And last week, my understanding was kind of getting in through the grapevine leading up to inspire. And then from what I think from some stuff that I saw last week, They've made some major changes on licensing on the heels of some changes they made on licensing just like six ish months ago. Is that, am I getting that right? That's exactly right. Yeah. Oh, so oh just shortly after we did the interview that I did on the show, there was changes. So that those changes actually went into effect in February of this year. So 2019. Um, yeah, February okay. 2019. And there was changes around three specific areas, the use of the HTTP connector to make web service calls custom connectors, which is basically the main way you do service calls in, in Power Apps, and also the on-premises data gateway. So those three things all went from being standard features to being premium features. And at that time, and, and even today, that meant you needed to have a, a Power Apps or Flow Plan 1 license. So there's, there's two premium licenses, Plan 1 and Plan 2. You needed the lower of those two to be able to use any of those features. Okay. Um, so that was either $5 per user per month for Flow only or $7 per user per month for both Power Apps and Flow. Was there a license just for Power Apps as well? or uh, No, the Power Apps one includes Flow. So okay. you just have one. If it's only Power Apps, you just you pay the same license fee. Okay. Okay. So if you're only, okay, so let me get this straight. So if you were just doing Flow, so this is back in February of 2019. So today we're sitting here in July of 2019. So in, in February of 2019, they introduced two new licenses. One of them was $5 for premium, which if you were going to do any external HTTP connectors, is that right? Yeah. So those licenses already existed. Right. But just the three things that I talked about, HTTP connector, custom connectors, and on-premises data gateway went from being standard to premium features, which mm -hmm. meant you needed to have one of the existing premium licenses to be able to use it. So Which those was licenses weren't introduced in February. They, they existed prior to that. Oh, okay. So features that people were using for, if they were, if they were using, they may have been using these features before not paying for them, but the features weren't introduced. It was just, they were moved to a premium license. So starting in February, you were going to have to start paying for them when you weren't paying for them before. And that was going to be, if it was flow, it was with the custom connectors and the data gateway and the 
and the HP connector, that was $5. And if you wanted to also use power apps or if you were going to use power apps at all, then that was going to be $7 per user per, per user. Per month. Exactly. Per month. Okay. Okay. So last week, what do they do? Do they pull the rug out from people or they, they give them a discount or they, they jack you the price up? Uh, what's, what's new? <laughs> I mean, I guess the, it's really dependent on the scenario, but I think in general, the price went up. So they announced on Tuesday afternoon, there was a session at Ignite where they announced changes to the licensing that will take effect on October 1st. So let's do power apps first, okay? Okay. So instead of having two different premium per user licenses for power apps, there is now a single premium per user license and it's $40 per user per month. That's and that was what the plan two license used to cost or today does cost. That was up from $7? $7 is plan one today. Okay. $40 is plan two, but plan two, there's, there's only, there's not a significant set of functionality that requires plan two today. But after October 1st, the only premium per user license will be the, the equivalent of what today is plan two, which is $40 per user per month. So let me make sure I get this right then. So if on September the 31st or September 30th, I can't remember how many days are in September. If in September, I'm paying $7 a month today for power apps on October the 1st, I'm going to go to paying $40. So that's if you want to stick with a per user license, right? Okay. That means that user can run any power app. Assuming we're talking about power apps, right? That user can run any power app that uses premium features. Right. Wow, that's a big price jump. They've given an alternative, which doesn't exist today, which is a per app license. So instead of licensing the users who use the app, you license a set of users for a specific app. So that's $10 per app per user per month. So I can say for, you know, my, I don't know, like my weather app, I'm going to license the app and that will cost for a name set of users, it'll cost $10 for each of those users to use that app per month. And those users don't have to have a premium license to be able to use premium features within the app. Now, the, the caveat there is that you have to purchase 30 licenses per app at minimum. Wow, that's a big change. Yes, it is a big change. <laughs> yeah. I'm, trying not, I'm trying not to be, I'm trying not to have my, uh, my jaw hit the ground here, but damn, okay, so I, Okay, so that's, so you have to buy a minimum of 30 at $10 per app per user. Basically 300 bucks as the minimum cost if you're going to do per app licensing. Wow. 300, okay. 300 bucks per month is the minimum cost you're going you're gonna to encounter. So, and then, so some enterprise, well, enterprises are probably going to be looking at that are users of power apps. They're going to be going more with the user, with the, with the user bit. Um, license probably is that was that would that be your you know i think it's really scenario dependent it's pretty easy right you just look at it and it's like okay i need this it's going to cost me x for the per user licenses it's going to be y per app licenses whichever one is smaller is the one i'm going to choose yeah i mean wow, that's... I, I don't think there's any hard and fast rules around that but regardless of what you're looking at i mean you're going from and granted there's a minimum purchase but you're going from somebody who may have been spending seven dollars per user. Now they're going to spend either $10 per user with a minimum of 300 of 30 $10 per app per app. Yeah. So if I, if, if I, so, okay. So today, if in September I had one user who was using flow and power apps, 
they were paying $7 in September, then at a minimum in October, they're going to be spending $10 for that one app. If I'm having any more apps than that, I could be spending much more than that on the per app per user at $10 a pop, or I'm going $40 per user with unlimited apps. That, yeah, that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. Good God. That's okay. So is there, but wait, there's more related to flow. So for flow, oh boy. Um, it, there's also a per user option. So today it's $5 per user for plan one and it's $15 per user per month for plan two. So it's not a surprise that in after October 1st, there'll be a single premium per user license and that's $15 per user per month. So again, it's basically everything gets rolled into what is today effectively plan two. So if I was spending, so then let's go with the same thing I was saying before. So in September, if I was just using flow and I was spending, well, I would use, I was, I'd only be spending $5, right? Per user per month. Okay. Per user per month in September, I would have been spending, let me, let me, uh, let me start over. If in September I am only, if I have one user and he's only using flow or she's only using flow, I'm spending $5 on that user. If they were also using power apps, I was spending $7 in uh, October. Set of functionality. Yes. Okay. That's true. All right. So then in October, that five or seven is jumping to 15. For flow or 40 for power apps. Or oh, right, or, or yeah. Unlike today, where a power apps premium license includes the equivalent flow premium license that goes away in October. So if you're using both, that turns into $55 per user per month. Oh, so that's not, they're being licensed separately, not together. Well, again, today a flow premium license includes the equivalent, sorry, a power apps premium license includes the equivalent flow premium license that goes away in October. So if you want to license both of them, you have to pay for both licenses. So you're looking at potentially going from $5 up to 55? Five, no, because that five means you're only using flow. Oh, um, that's right. So it would be seven to 55. That's potential, yes. Good God. That's a, that's a, okay. So yeah, but I mean, cards on the, to be fair, that's the clickbait headline right there. If you go, you go from seven to 55, but they could also be licensing on a per app per user. If there are smaller groups, they could go from seven to something. Well, a number of people that's true because you still have yeah. that minimum number of purchases on the, on the power apps one. And there is a minimum number of purchases on the flow side too. So the okay. per user licenses in flow, you have to purchase a minimum of 20. So, so at wow. minimum, it's $300 if you're going with per user licenses. These are some significant price hikes, it sounds like. I mean, is, well, am I, yeah, am I, I missing something? Scenario-based. So I think there's, there's, a, there's potential where it could actually be better for you. But I think in the big picture, it's more expensive. That's Has you, did, have you heard anybody ask the question and then respond to why you made this huge licensing change back in February of 2019? And we're looking just six months later and you're seeing another, this sounds really, I, I, this is significant that's happening just later on in the year. The motivation that they, during the session that they said was that they wanted to simplify how licensing works. Um, I can simplify it, but it's still, the prices are going way up. It appears that way. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Do you have a take on this or, I mean, what do you, you're, the reporting is fantastic. Thank you very much. And now I'm curious, <laughs> you, you spend a lot of time working with this stuff. I mean, working with customers, what's your take on it? Or do, or so I get, you know, Microsoft is in the business of making money, right? I mean, it's a business that I, I don't have any issue with that. Right. And they have definitely expanded 
and improved what flow and power apps can do over the time that they've, they've been around, right? Which a year, a year and a half now. So in my personal opinion, if they came up with new features and said, okay, this is a, thing, a value add to the platform and we're going to charge you for it if you want it, then I'm kind of cool with that, right? I mean, I'm, I'd rather not pay the money, but I can understand, you know, how this thing works, right? But it's when they're changing the price of things that people were already using. And to be honest, I mean, so there will be some grandfathering for this new set of license changes, but the details of that are not available right now. But even with grandfathering, to say, you know, you have all of these power ups and flows currently you're using or you're planning on building, and now you have to figure out, can I actually afford to do that in the next six to nine months? I'm just ballpark guessing. You know, is, is how much time you're going to have to, to make those changes. That's kind of a tough deal. I mean, it's all, we were talking about this a little bit ahead of time. And I mean, I almost get the feel. I don't feel, I mean, I know this is a bit of a, I'm being a little extreme with this, but I don't, I don't feel like I'm really too much off base on this. Tell me if I am. I feel like I'm building, a, if I'm building a house and out of the blue at the end of, you know, when I take CO on the house and I go to spend the last thing, they come out and, or like a month away from the house, you know, me, t- me moving into the house and writing that last check to the builder, the builder's like, oh yeah, this is going to cost an extra 200 grand or an extra 100 grand. I mean, that it feels kind of like that where I've built this solution and out of the blue, the licensing is changing to where I can't, there's not, you've made certain assumptions and they're just saying that, hey, those assumptions you've made in terms of pricing, we're totally changing stuff. And it's not, you know, a 10%, well, Again, scenario based. You know, there's all these different things, like the caveats that we were talking about. But it doesn't. It doesn't sound like a five or ten percent change in your cost. I mean, some of those numbers you were just throwing around there, yeah. that could be like a two x. There is potential for significant increase in costs depending on the scenario. Again, so what's yeah, the, what's and back to the community. So it's either you have to decide to use something different, right? Like either refactor what you have using Power Apps and Flow, or go to some other tool that does the same thing or you have to pay the the license fee and it's real again it's all okay if we do this it's going to cost this and if we do that it's going to cost that and then you kind of decide how you're going to move forward but yes there's unknowns in whatever you're building as long as you're not sticking to just the office 365 platform so sharepoint outlook and onedrive right anything outside of that you just really, right now, today, you kind of don't know what your implementation costs or what your implementation decisions are going to end up costing you in the long run. So if I want to write files, if I want to write files to OneDrive, or even if I want to, if, even if I want to write files or, or get messages off of a queue in Azure, I mean, those are considered external things now, right? Azure is up in the air. I don't know. I can't say for sure that it isn't included, and I can't say for sure that it is. So I know for sure SharePoint, OneDrive, and Outlook are all included in Office 365. So those things are all, I can't see any scenario where those things would not be considered part of your Office 365 license, right? Okay. But anything outside of that is either a gray area like Azure and stuff like that, or it's for certainly it's premium, right? So Salesforce, right? Salesforce is a premium feature that you have to choose to pay for or not. Right? Wow. These are some pretty big changes. Yes. This is a pretty big change. <laughs> you sum it up nicely. Yes. <laughs> um, and I've, speaking of summing it up, uh, I have a blog post that will be out sometime this week okay. so that for sure it'll be out but before this episode is published. So we can put that in the show notes. I'll link to that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Send me the link for that. I'll, make, I'll definitely make sure that the, this is in the show notes. So um, 
Wow. This is pretty significant. Well, thanks for giving us the reporting and your thoughts on this too, because I mean, this is, I'm a bit taken back by the, uh, I'm a bit taken back by how much of a change that they're doing with this. So much more so on so much of a change that they're making on the heels of another change they made just a few months ago. Yeah. So I think that is an important factor, right? The fact that there was two major changes in, in less than a year, let's put it that way. Yeah. And one final thing, I do want to just make sure that everyone understands this. This information is based on a single session at a conference. The docs haven't changed. There's a lot. So this is what was presented, Mm -hmm. but there is still unknowns out there. I'm sure we got incomplete information because of the fact that it was presented over the course of an hour during the conversation. So, you know, keep that in the back of your mind as you're making decisions. And I mean, I guess the other thing too, I would say, I don't want to imply that they're looking for feedback on this licensing change and they will change it based on feedback. I don't want to imply that, but if it was a lot of people probably just learned about this last Tuesday at the conference. And so it's relatively new news. And just like we saw the week leading up to inspire with the partner program, and they took the internal use licenses away from partners. And then there was a huge bunch of negative feedback and negative and negative um, press about it. And then they acquiesced on that and said, no, 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 never mind. We won't take them away this time. So I'm not saying that they are, that they're looking for feedback, but I mean, Hey, if you got feedback on this, that's, you definitely want to go through and provide it to the power platform team about this, because I mean, hope this may not be the end of the story. Again, I don't want to imply that they are going to change it. That this is a, here's what we're thinking. It's what they presented. If I'm not mistaken, this is, here's what's going to happen on October the 1st and ta-da, that's it. Yeah. So again, I think the information that they presented is has a chance for being more incomplete than it does inaccurate or that they will change their position before October 1st. But as we saw with the example that you mentioned, anything is possible. So, yeah. Okay. Well, man, thanks a lot for stepping in and, uh, and letting us know. This is, um, I read a little bit of stuff ahead of time and I thought I understood what was going on. I'm a little more surprised now, now that I heard it. I mean, just from gut reaction, I don't, I don't spend a lot of time with flow and power apps. Sorry. Yeah. Flow and power apps. Uh, I don't do a lot of work with it. I know you spend more time with it, but cool. Hey Rob, thanks a lot for joining me today to do this and help getting our listeners uh, all caught up on the wide world of uh, flow and power apps licensing changes. I'm glad to do it. Thank you. <laughs> cool. Good to talk to you, man. Okay. So that was my chat with Rob. And so CJ, As you can pick up from what we just talked about, let me just give it a little bit of a rehash to our listeners. So again, in February of this past year, February 2019, there was brand new licensing changes that happened with Power Apps and Flow. So previously, people weren't spending anything on Power Apps and Flow, or they were spending very little. And then they had a bunch of licensing changes with with some new premium licenses that they introduced and some packaging and stuff that was related with it as well. Now, just eight months later, so this is all going to be effective in October, they've got some significant changes where you may have been spending 5 or $7 a month, and now you could be spending as much as $55 a month, but it looks like the lowest entry is still going to be in the ballpark of, what, like maybe, I'd say 15 maybe 40 It really depends on, which, on how you look at this and what the scenarios are, as Rob and I talked about, but... They're going from this two different premium licenses for power apps and flow where before, if you needed a premium license, you could do it just for flow, which was $5 per user a month. Or if you needed power apps and flow, then it was $7 per user per month. 
They took some of the things that you were that you did not in the past that you did not need a premium license for, and they moved them into the premium category. That's what's happening in October, mm-hmm. and that premium license for Power Apps is going from forty dollars. It could be anywhere from forty dollars per user per month, or ten dollars per user per app per Power App per month, with a minimum of thirty licenses that you had to buy per month. Mm-hmm. And then Flow had some other changes, so. They're really jacking the prices up on this stuff. Again, it may not affect everybody. It may only affect some people, but here's the problem that I have with it or the, the challenge that I have with it. I, and like Rob said, Microsoft is a company that exists to make money and to make, make software and make money ultimately. And they got to respond to the shareholders. I get it. I get no problem with that. They can run their business however they see fit. But the thing that I don't think is really good and I think that is a really that I really take issue with is that if you start building a house and you build it with all these assumptions and you're one month away from taking CO and making that last payment on the house. And then all of a sudden the builder comes to you and says, Oh yeah. Hey, by the way, no matter what, you're going to have to drop another 150 grand because we, we have a new price change that, that is kicking in that you're going to have to do. And you're like, I have to go forward with this because I've been building a house. I have nowhere else to live. Yeah. And I can't just say, no, I have to pay it. And so, and the same thing is true where you may have been building a solution that heavily leverages power apps and flow. And you now have a little over a month or two to you have a little over two months before these new pricing changes kick in and are really just going to could really just kick you right in the teeth. Yeah. So, you know, if you ever go out clubbing, there's a moment in the evening where everything's going really well. Everybody's having a really good time. Woo-hoo, big party. Everything's awesome. The music's great. Talking to people, everything's going swell. Then the lights come on and the music turns off. And everything starts to look pretty ugly. <laughs> and you're like, where are we? I want to go home. <laughs> What's happening here? That's the way, you know, it's it's like kind of reality sets in. Yeah, it's kind of got that feel. That feel, yeah. I mean, I get it that Microsoft can't give away stuff for free forever. They can't lose money on stuff forever. And I know there's been a lot of pressure for the last couple of years on this team to make a business mm-hmm. business isn't in the business of giving stuff away, st- stuff away for free forever. The mm. business is in it for profit eventually, or, you know, certainly to break even mm. probably for profit in the long term. And so, mm. you know, there comes a time where they've had to grow up and go actually like to deliver what we deliver and to have it make commercial sense, we've got to do these things. So I get it from a business perspective, but it doesn't make it any easier on people who've gotten used to the, cheaper stuff or the free stuff and the change they're going to have to go through. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see the reaction. I'm not, you know, I was expecting a massive outcry, but I haven't seen MVPs throwing chairs through windows yet. Either they're towing the company line really well and they're not really telling us what they think or the harsh reality hasn't set in yet. So I guess we'll see. Well, like I talked to, like Rob talked about at the end of, of this, of, of the, of the, um, of our interview or discussion, I think there's a little bit of, Things are, are, people are grandfathered in to this. And as they were with in February, they were grandfathered in going up until I think late at the end of this year, early 2020, like January of 2020 is when it really, things are going to stop working for them. So they can get by without stuff, even though licensing changes kick in in October. Still, I don't really understand. For business apps that you use every day, like six months is not very long. It's not. And that's the thing. It's it's not. And but not only that. I mean, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money to kick in with budget changes like that at the last minute. So, yeah. what'll be interesting to see? There, there was not like Rob said. 
he expected to see, you know, up in arms and pitchforks and people coming up the hill to burn the castle down back in February, and they didn't. So, and you know, one people threw a fit about well, the GDP connector and all that sort of stuff, right? The vocal minority did, but businesses didn't. And okay. so, well, and that's what we may be seeing now. And so it won't be until January when stuff doesn't work and people are like, why doesn't it work? Oh, look at these licensing changes. Oh my God. And so it'll be curious to see what kind of reaction we get. I mean, and let's face it, this news came out on Tuesday of last week. Not every company is really dialed into the community and what's going on at, you know, at a conference and stuff. And let's face it, I mean, unless I got a, a bit of a tip that this was going on from some people who, who you know, from Rob and from some other people who are close with this stuff. And if you're not really close with it and you're just a casual developer working on this, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you didn't, if you, you haven't heard anything about this yet or even picked up on it. So true. true. I, w- I, well. I wouldn't have picked up on it. Had I not talked to Rob about this last week, I totally would have missed it because I, don't, I saw like Mary Jo talk about licensing changes. But I didn't see, you know, the big mic drop of, hey, here you go, get out the checkbook. Yeah. So I guess we'll see. I mean, businesses don't blog about how they don't like Microsoft unless it's really, really big, like right. security breaches and all that. So it may take a while to start learning how businesses are reacting to the stuff. Yeah. So but yeah, I mean, it, it'll also be interesting to see how this affects some partners in the ecosystem as well. Like yep. partners like Nintex, who sponsors this show. Mm-hmm. workflow vendor obviously pricing changes in the microsoft sphere of products like flow uh, have an impact to their business as well so they could see a big uptick in an uptick maybe i don't know how big or small they could see an uptick in in interest where we're pricing pricing is one of those things that it gives businesses the ability to pause and look at what their options are right right if you yeah. if you mess with pricing it gives businesses a chance to look at what else is available? You know, it gives them an excuse. There you go. Yeah. That's a good point. That'll be fascinating to see. It will. It definitely yeah. will. Yeah. Oh, well, thanks for, uh, thanks for chatting with Rob and helping clarify some of that. Cause uh, like I said, we're not, we're not power apps and flow people or dynamics people. And, and so uh, this was good to get, get a voice from one of our war correspondents. <laughs> <laughs> it totally was. It totally was. Cool. Hey, should we move on and go to some picks? Absolutely. Let's do it. CJ's Hyperfish automates the collection of user profile information from users in organizational directories, such as Office 365, SharePoint, Active Directory, and HR systems. The secure service supports on-premises, hybrid, and online environments. Bring your directory to life at hyperfish.com. ACS Voitanos delivers on-demand video-based training for developers on the latest SharePoint extensibility model from Microsoft in his course, Mastering the SharePoint Framework. All right, AC. I know it's been an exciting week with Inspire, but what do you have for us with picks? You know, I'm going to surprise you, and I'm not going to go with an Apollo 11 thing, but I am going to go with something I found to be absolutely fascinating. I'm hoping you hadn't seen this yet. This is an unpublished video that takes you inside the cockpit of a B-2 stealth bomber while it's in flight, and you get to see the entire refueling process as he pulls in close. Guy holding this holding his uh, webcam, showing the whole thing of the refueling process. You get to see a lot of the, the controls and stuff inside the B-2. It's an awesome video that you got to go take a look at. That was uh, pretty cool. I'm going to need a minute. Hold on. <laughs> Do you need a cigarette? <laughs> oh, this is going to be awesome. I'll watch that yeah. video after this. This it's, is great. Yeah, and it was, I mean, it, it, 
lot of detail and he was explaining it. The cool thing is that the video, he narrates it after the video is recorded. So there's a little bit of discussion with the pilot, but then there's a, a bit of a narration afterwards um, that he explains kind of what he was seeing. And he goes, if you look at this, you'll see this. And when I did the video, you'll see how the lines kind of line up. There's a couple of things he mentioned that I didn't, I didn't pick up on that. I wish he'd explain a little bit um, deeper. Like when he talked about, there's like these lights underneath the refueling tanker that show you where you are. Um, because you can't, because like the refueling probe for a, B, a B2 is behind the, yeah, behind the pilots, behind the window. So they can't see what they're poking to, but they just need to get themselves in a certain position. And it's what I tell you was really interesting. Watch the pilot's hand when he's working the stick, when it looks like nothing is happening outside the window, the turbulence coming off of the refueling tanker and how much the pilots, I mean, to move around to stay where to, to maintain station, stay, to, to, yeah, to yeah. stay on, on station. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, or, sorry, keep station. It's pretty cool. That's amazing. I'm surprised because I thought a lot of the stuff was like pretty classified and things or pretty secret. The B, I suppose. Well, especially the B2. I, I was, I was very surprised that the guy did this. Apparently the video is a couple of years old, but yeah. Interesting. Oh, well, I'm looking forward to watching that. What you got for us? I'm going with the Apollo theme. I couldn't stay away from it. And I'm just going to say before I tell listeners what my pick is, this is from Google and huge kudos or kudos, depending on which part of the world you're from, on what they did to mark the occasion. So we'll link to the blog that they put out about this, but it's called A Moonlit Tribute to a Moon Landing Icon. And so what they did was they created using a solar farm, you know, with all the mirrors, thousands of mirrors, they arranged the mirrors in such a way so that as the moon came up on the anniversary of the moon landing, it reflected the moonlight in such a way to make this sort of mosaic of a portrait of Margaret Hamilton, who was a pioneer in software, obviously, and had a huge role in writing the Apollo guidance computer software that put people on the moon. And it's got some other bits and pieces in the, in the tribute. It's got a big 11 for Apollo 11, her name and all that. And then it's got the, the lunar lander, sort of a silhouette of the lunar lander. And the thing is enormous. Like it includes thousands of mirrors all aligned to reflect the moonlight. And there's a video of it, of the moon coming up and how it all happened. And it just looks awesome. And what a cool way to show tribute to a software icon on the Apollo 11 anniversary. And it made me wonder, I was like, I couldn't tell, but I wonder if, if they'd done it at a time where like ISS was going overhead or something and they could see this, that would be amazing. That would be really cool. Big risk, no cloud cover. True. <laughs> that could have really ruined it. <laughs> a pretty, pretty average evening. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is really cool. I haven't got, I have not had an opportunity to see the whole thing because you just shared this with me before we started recording and um, I want to go back and watch this, but this is like the few seconds I saw of it, this is really special. Yeah. I, I'd love to see her reaction to this because she's alive and I think she still runs a software business somewhere in the yeah. States. She's pretty secretive though, or not secretive. She's pretty private, I think, and doesn't give a lot of interviews and things. So yeah. I'm not sure if she was involved, but that would have been pretty cool to see. Yeah. This is really neat. Kudos to you, Google, for doing this. Yeah. What an amazing thing to do. Anyway, yeah. it's blown away. Very cool, man. Excellent. Thanks for another great week, AC. We will catch up with you again when you're back from holiday, I believe. 
Yeah. So the next two weeks, what you're, you're flying solo in the next show so I can enjoy the rest of my vacation. And then I'm flying solo and the next, next show because well, I'm away. while you're away, not on vacation, so. I'm on a work trip, but, uh, but nonetheless, so the next two weeks, you're going to get a bunch of solo stuff from the two of us. So you can choose to tune out if you don't like one of us and say, oh, I got to listen to him all the time. I'm just going to tune out. <laughs> Mine one's going to be better. When <laughs> yeah, mine will be much better. I have a cool interview lined up. <laughs> if your name is Steve, you're going to love this interview. <laughs> just kidding. All right. Have a good one. Enjoy your holiday. Yeah, man. You too. Later. Did you like this episode? Please tweet about it and drop a five-star review in iTunes. Word-of-mouth recommendations are the most effective ways for us to grow the show. We'd really appreciate it. If you have a question for us, go to microsoftcloudshow.com slash questions, where you can submit it as text or record it as an MP3 or WAV file and provide a link so we can play your question on the show. Our theme music is brought to you by Keith Ritchie. For more information on Keith's music, head to music.kritchie.com. You can subscribe to us in iTunes and Google Play Store by searching for Microsoft Cloud Show or via RSS at microsoftcloudshow.com, where you'll also find show notes of each episode. You can also find us on Facebook searching for Microsoft Cloud Show or on Twitter at MS Cloud Show. And finally, sign up for our mailing list by heading over to our website and entering your email to interact with us, participate in upcoming interviews, and other cool stuff. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.